Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we have the pleasure of sitting down with Irene Rollins. Irene has over 25 years of ministry experience, including 10 years as lead pastors along with her husband, Jimmy. She is a certified emotional intelligence coach and recently co-founded the marriage-focused ministry, Two Equals One, alongside Jimmy. Today, we'll discuss her book, Reframe Your Shame, as we talk about leadership challenges such as addictions, marital problems, and how you can experience freedom from whatever has been holding you back. So lean in and let's get started. We are back, everybody. Another episode of the Avail podcast, (laughs) where we talk about the art of leadership. What a privilege today to sit with another amazing leader. She's a pastor. She's an author. She's a blessing. Her name is Irene Rollins. We're going to be talking about her new book, Reframe Your Shame, Experience Freedom from What Holds You Back. This is an awesome story from an awesome leader. Leaders, pastors, lean in. We're going to learn. We're going to grow. We're going to be encouraged. We're going to be challenged. We're going to be blessed. Pastor Irene Rollins, it's good to have you on the Avail Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. This is my favorite, favorite thing to do. This particular audience, especially, I uh, have my heart. So ministry leaders, I love y'all. I love it. Uh, Pastor Irene, I just want to say as, as, as part of the the ARC family tribe here at Vertical Church in South Florida. Uh, uh, we love uh, getting to know you and Pastor Jimmy and over the last couple of years, seeing the ministry that God has placed in your lives. Uh, you know, I know you guys have you guys have been lead pastors. You've been in ministry over 25 years. And now it's kind of a new season, uh, a shift that happened lately. I, I remember Pastor Jimmy sharing with me a little bit about that. Before we get into the conversation about your book, Reframe Your Shame, and just, just your powerful story and testimony and and really how to help leaders. Um, before we do that, can you just share with our Avail audience a little bit about yourself, your journey, where you are now, and, and what the Lord's doing in your life and Pastor Jimmy's life? Sure. So my husband and I pastored, uh, we did the same thing as you, took the church over from his parents after serving there for so long, <laughs> over 10 years, and then relaunched it as I-5 City, just south of Baltimore. And um mm-hmm pastored there for 10 years, absolutely loved it. And about two years ago now, uh, the Lord put it on our heart that we were to transition out of that and focus on marriage. So we launched Two Equals One, which is our marriage ministry. And majority of the work we do is investing in church leaders, executive staffs, Mm. pastors, and leaders. That's the specific space that we focus and concentrate on. So we do intensives and things like that. Um, that are marriage focused just for the executive uh, staff and the um, leaders, because the people who are shepherding, the people who don't always get an opportunity to get poured Mm -hmm. into. And we believe that the focus should be marriage, the greatest gospel message we could ever preach. So Mm -hmm. we do that. Jimmy's writing books. I'm writing books. We're both traveling, speaking. Um, I love speaking at women's conferences, things like that. I have three kids. They're amazing. My 21-year-old girl is in ministry full-time and going to SCU part-time. Um, my son, Jaden, is uh, lives, he's moving out, and I have one more left at home. Jaden is 20, Maya <laughs> is 17. So I have, I'm almost an empty nester, which is a new season to be in. So, I love yeah. it. That's exciting. 
That's exciting. I think it's so interesting how sometimes we might not even know uh, the shifts or the turns that the Lord has ahead for us, but there's purpose in it. And uh, I'm excited. I think I think what you and, and Jimmy are doing right now is very important for the body of Christ, for the kingdom, not to mention for, for marriages and leaders and pastors out there. Um, so, so I want to get into this. Uh, the book is, everybody, the book is Reframe Your Shame, Reframe Your Shame <laughs> by Irene Rollins, Experience Freedom from What Holds You Back. And, and, and I know that this is very personal to you, this book and, and, and you know, your, your story. Um, why don't you just take a few minutes and, and just unpack what's the heart behind this book? Why did you write it? Who do you hope picks it up? And, and um, you know, how did this come to be? So I'm not into self-promoting. Like I'm a nine on the Enneagram. I would have been happy never taking a mic for the, my entire <laughs> life, right? But in my journey, the past seven years uh, that I go into in, in this book, I, uh, I needed to get onto paper what Jimmy and I walked through, what my family walked through in terms of addiction and recovery while leading in ministry. It all uh -huh. happened while we were leading. I'm seven wow. years sober, November uh, 12th, 2022, and um, mm. seven years sober from alcohol addiction. And I can boast about it and, and I'll spend the rest of my life um, sharing how God wow. rescued me from myself. But the whole point of the book is not to tell you some detailed story about Irene's life that's boring. Everybody has, you know, a story. My goal is to take people through a journey where I basically, and church leaders are listening to this, so they're going to get this. I want to disciple people yeah. through recovery. So that's literally what I'm doing. I'm, I want to bring awareness to the body of Christ that we all have hurts, hangups, and habits that need to be dealt with. I don't care if you're a pastor, leader, no one is exempt from dealing with pain, trauma, and having um, emotional awareness and things like yeah. that is what it, it is really the premise of what being a healthy leader is aware of our emotional world. You can't be spiritually mature unless you're emotionally healthy, right? Peter right. Scazzaro says it really well in all his emotionally healthy discipleship yeah. books. So we, yeah. if we're not living that as leaders, you could, what j happened to Jimmy and I could happen to you. And I just mm. thank God that the rock, the bottom came up to us. We, we hit rock bottom, but the, it could have been a lot worse. I could have gotten mm. DUIs. I could have gotten um, the church could have been removed from us. Like we could have hurt a lot of people, but we dealt with our issues privately. And as a result, um, our family healed together. Addiction is a family disease. We, uh, wow. I, it, it crept up on me without me seeing it coming because I was unaware, didn't know anything about mm. addiction. So uh, hence another reason why I wrote the book. Um, I want to get it in the hands of any human being because we all have hurts, hangups, and habits that we could recover from that the enemy wants to use to shame us and keep us from connection with people and with God. Like that's his ultimate goal. If we, if, if we can, if he can shame us, we're going to hide, we're going to run. Um, and then when we do that, we reach for something to cope with, which is in essence, how I fell into alcoholism. I didn't wake up in the morning and decide, Hey, pick me. I'm going to wreck my life. Mm -hmm. It crept up on me. Yeah. You know, I think this is so important because um, <laughs> most of us think 
it'll never happen to me or, you know, I'm, I'm exempt, you know, God loves me. And, and, and especially as leaders and pastors, we can, we can be the first to deceive ourselves. Now talk about the book, reframe your shame. Uh, I noticed that there's kind of a progression and there's three main parts. Part one is the admit, right? You talk about the journey of addiction and, and how do you get to this place? How does, how does a person get to a place where they didn't mean to get, but, but how do you get there? What's, what's that journey like? It's basically when I wrote the the admit section, I'm my goal is to make a bring awareness. So yeah. what is it in your life that could be holding you back? Could it be mm-hmm. and what's out of moderation? Is it alcohol like it was for me? Could mm-hmm. it be that you're on your phone and it's impacting your family time and your marriage? So now it's out of moderation because you're on your phone, on the internet, on whatever and you know the statistics are alarming as it pertains to pastors and leaders with porn addiction and wow so what i'd like to do in that whole first session is section in admitting is us to get honest with ourselves and evaluate where we are on the spectrum of habitual recreational use to dependency to addiction And all of us could slide down that slippery slope. None of us are exempt. So we have to take a moment and pause and evaluate anything that is out of moderation in our life. That could be our mental health. That could be, you know, like if you're bipolar, get the diagnosis and go through treatment so that you can be the best version of yourself. Don't let shame hold you back. So it's not just about addiction. I want to be clear. It's about anything that's holding you back from being the best version of yourself. If anxiety and depression, you you can't sleep at night, that's out of a mm-hmm. moderation. That's an unhealthy area of your life. You need to look at it before you start getting, like you're, I, I have helped pastors get into rehab, not for addiction, but for adrenal failure. Their wow. adrenal systems have crashed because they're workaholics. Mm. They are high on that adrenaline of leading and Sunday speaking and all eyes are on me and serving God in the world, but they don't care for themselves. So Mm. we're going to admit what might not be in moderation in our lives and address it in part one. We're going to get honest. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think, I think it's huge. I think a lot of times these, a lot of times these are soul issues, right? There, There are soul issues, which, which sometimes tend to, to go undealt with, right? We see the tip of the iceberg. We see the part that the, 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 the front stage, so to speak, but it's that backstage, that part that we can easily either, either neglect or just nobody sees it. So it's out of sight, out of mind, but it'll catch up to you. Can you talk a little bit about Irene, a little bit about the signs or the tendencies that we might, might be able to identify to, to give us a sign of I'm falling deeper into this, or this is, this is not okay. You know, maybe even, hiding, performing, all these things. All of those things. So like, what's the motivation behind what we do, right? So we're pastors, we're leaders. Um, If we are, if we really get honest with ourselves and we get in touch with ourselves, then we can determine, okay, am I, how much time I'm spending with that thing? And when we, I'm preoccupied by it, it's a sign. 
So my wife, my husband can't get my attention because I'm preoccupied by alcohol. I'm losing enjoyment in things that I used to enjoy, like reading, yeah. um, going to my kids' soccer games. I used to enjoy going to church, but now I, I don't enjoy it anymore because the substance or the workaholic, workaholism has me so burnt out that I'm wow. lumpy, I'm sleepy, I'm mean, right? And the family's having to deal with the the repercussions of that. So <laughs> then, you know, we're like, oh my gosh, I don't have it all together. Why can't I handle all the pressure and stress? So then we isolate and we hide because we're supposed to have it all together, right? So then what the next step is in that hiding, then that's when we reach for something to cope. So you'll notice that if you have a behavior, whether it's food, using food, mm-hmm. so I have people approach me that are like, oh my gosh, I, I wake up at two in the morning. And at four in the morning, like clockwork, when everyone else is asleep, because I'm ashamed, I need Oreos, I need cookies, I need food. Mm. And they're dealing with health issues like diabetes and things like that. Their life is mm-hmm. becoming unmanageable, but they're hiding whatever it is they're using when nobody else sees. So wow. then you're feeling shame. So you isolate. You feel like you can't tell anybody about this and nobody else is dealing with it. And who am I going to talk to about it? It's like... If my marriage is falling apart and I'm dealing with an addiction and I'm a pastor, isn't that a, uh, um, like a, just, that doesn't go. Disqualifying. Yeah, yeah. People think it disqualifies you. And that's what Jimmy and I were feeling. We were three years into launching I-5. The church was blowing up. So we, but we didn't realize just from an emotional health standpoint, how the weight of responsibility spiritually wow. You have to be everything, CEO, you have to be um, HR director, you have to be marketing person, you have to be shepherd, all of the things that go along, all mm-hmm. the hats, right? We didn't mm-hmm. know in our early 30s how much that was going to weigh on us. So when things came up from our past, oh my gosh. So we were triggered in those yeah. times and stress and our emotional world was crazy. So we we didn't know that we could reach out to somebody and actually say, hey, we're struggling. Our marriage right now is not good. Um, mm-hmm. So we Jimmy reached for food and I reached for alcohol. Now, I didn't make a decision. Like I said, it crept up on me. The, you know, the Apostle Paul says uh, we have the freedom to do anything, but not everything mm-hmm. is beneficial for us. Yeah. We don't want to be mastered by anything, right? I was mm-hmm. mastered by alcohol because I didn't realize the addiction spectrum. I didn't realize by introducing it at 10 years old into my body that I was wow. and abusing it all through my teens, that I was set up for addiction with trauma and PTSD. So pastor mm-hmm. leader, like, what are we doing? Why aren't we talking yeah. about mental health? Why aren't we talking about trauma and, you know, getting our congregations to be trauma informed? So that we can get healthy and then, you know, help set others free. We're not talking about it. So just as I fell into, I like to say, addiction and ended up in rehab, which I thought was the most shameful thing, that if anybody mm. found out I would die, I would literally yeah. wanted to take my life. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because Second Corinthians twelve nine came true. My weakness, when I admit my weakness, the power of God came in and I became a portal for his power, as the Passion Translation says. Like, 
literally, I can boast of what he's done in my life now. I can look at my weaknesses and it just humbles me and says, God, I need you. My life was powerless mm. to alcohol. I'm allergic to it. I'm not bad. I just can't have just one. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, so what is it in your world that you turn to that is kind of like idol worship in a lack of a better word. And sometimes it's the church. We use the church. Don't you think like, Yeah. to hide behind and for, for validation, it's for our self-esteem to feel good about ourselves. And that yeah. can become an abuse of um, something that can impact our lives and make it unmanageable because it impacts our marriage and the people around us. Yeah, that's good. You know, I, I can't help but think right now that one of the one of the uh, one of the most consistent and harmful weapons the enemy tries to use against us is is shame. Right. Is is the guilt and the shame which brings so much pain. And, and I think that's the hardest part, especially as pastors and leaders, because we're not supposed to be going through problems because we're pastors and leaders. We're supposed to got have it all together with perfect marriages and perfect kids and perfect ministries. But no, that's not that's not this life in this world. We have we have our perfect savior who helps us and and guides us and we need him and we need the people around us. But but I love I love what your books stands for, because it's reframe your shame, which is exactly what the enemy wants to do. Um, Irene, this is so good. The second part of the book, you, you kind of focus it on accept and talking about the way out. Cause the truth is we first got to admit there's some issues. I got some issues. I got, we got some issues. Our marriage has some issues. And, and cause, cause if we don't admit it, we can't even get to the, the way out, which is the accepting part. And, uh, and usually I'd like to touch on this here. Usually when we, if we want to get out of a hole or, or break free from addiction, Usually that means having a difficult conversation or two. It means, uh, you know, being confronted maybe and, and not avoiding or hiding from that conversation. Uh, can you talk a little about that, why that's important? Mm -hmm. I mean, as a pastor myself and speaking even for my husband, we share this openly that we were so used to being the ones who gave the advice, who people came <laughs> to in crisis. So when we were in crisis, we didn't actually know what to do with that. And um, when I needed to be confronted, I needed somebody to poke me in the chest and say, hey, look, chick, do you realize you're drinking the blackout? <laughs> like you're yeah. arguing with your husband, signs. These are all signs. All through our talk, I'm giving you signs yeah. that there may be a problem. Yeah. Um, you're, you have relational issues with your spouse. You're, I was just, when I hit rock bottom towards the end, I was starting to drink and drive more. You know what I mean? Wow. Like the consequences were increasing. I was hiding. Jimmy found my vodka in water bottles because that's yeah. how shameful I was. I didn't want anybody to know I, that I needed to drink. So I hid mm -hmm. it as best I could. And um, she's like, isn't this not healthy? Like, why would a grown woman need to hide yeah. alcohol in a water bottle? You might have a problem, honey. And I'm like, wow. Okay. She's like, you have cancer. Let's say you have cancer. Don't you go to the doctor? Well, right now you yeah. can't stop drinking without help. You know, the, the trauma and the PTSD that I was drinking at, I was really numbing all this stuff that was coming up, like sexual abuse in my childhood that I had never told anybody mm. about. It was coming yeah. up and I was drinking at it. She's like, yeah. let's go get treatment. Like go to a doctor. This rehab center dealt with addiction through the lenses of trauma. So we dealt with my PTSD. The addiction part, yeah, I got sober. 
they taught me about alcoholism and all of the addictions. But yeah. the key thing was to how I stay sober, why I'm still sober is because we got to the root issues and I did the work to get free myself, all of the, yeah. you know, trauma therapies and things. So yeah, you can't, you got to admit it. Then you got to accept that it's going to be work and that alcoholism yeah. was part of my story. That was really hard. I was in denial about that for a long yeah. time. And Jimmy was gonna, he was still considering leaving me because in day 38 of rehab, I still would not admit I was an alcoholic. And, wow. but it was his, I felt like when your brain gets hijacked by an addiction. So that means you put all your morals, your values, your core values. So now I care more about the substance than I do about my family, about my relationship oh, yeah. with God. So me admitting I was an alcoholic, I felt like it was saying I was bad, but and unfixable, unforgivable. But what Jimmy needed from me was the commitment to say, I have an issue with alcohol. It, I can't have just one, so I'm never going to drink it again because I'm allergic. He could work with that, me admitting it. So day 38, yeah. I had a revelation in an AA meeting and the Lord spoke to me and it was like, you're looking at your life through a uh, the bottom of a glass. You're, it's distorted. There are people right in front of you who love you. God, your family, your husband. He's not the enemy. He got you there to get you healthy and get help. So yeah, that acceptance also means accepting forgiveness for my kids, my mm -hmm. husband, God, and for accepting that I can forgive myself and God's grace yep. applies to me too, period. Christian leaders around the world are taking advantage of their free annual subscription to the Avail Journal. After all, each one of us should be taking the next step in our leadership journey. When you sign up for a free annual subscription to the Avail Journal, you'll enjoy interviews, articles, resources, and much more. For more information and to get subscribed today, visit availjournal.com. Yeah, this is huge. I think, I think one of the things that's hard especially when you're in it, when you're in it is to realize this is affecting my whole self, my body, my soul, and my spirit. Addiction affects my body, affects my soul, affects my spirit. And by consequence, my relationships, you know, um, let's talk about that. I know that this is on your heart marriage, right? As pastors and leaders, right? There's, there's a key, there's a key ingredient here about being intentional and working in our marriages towards health. And I think sometimes um, with the excuse of we got work to do with the excuse of this is more urgent. We leave on the back burner, our, our marriage. And then, and then, and then we start feeling some of those consequences. Talk into that a little bit. Yeah. Jimmy and I are passionate about, you know, really promoting health and wholeness for couples because we ignored it for so long. So we like to say we've yeah. been married 23 years and it's been the best seven years ever. Because the past seven <laughs> years, um, yeah. we've been doing the like the hard work. Now, before that, Jimmy and I were always, when we had a crisis and a low moment in our marriage, we were in counseling. We were in a um, an intensive somewhere in the country mm -hmm. with counselors and therapists. But the breakthrough moment was when we actually started investing and working on our communication. So yeah. when the communication became solid, then we began to, with the help of a therapist, an Imago therapist to be um, exact, you can Google it, I-M-A-G-O, Imago Relationship Therapy. It comes from the Latin word image, 
of previously mm-hmm. experienced love. So we behave with our spouse through the image of what we've experienced before. That isn't mm-hmm. always healthy or good. So in the present, the counselor basically creates dialogue that helps the couple heal each other, create a safe space, like where we are going to get honest and bring stuff to the table, where we can actually mm-hmm. work through an issue and feel heard and validated. That's where true healing happens. And because yeah. it's not somebody talking at you, we actually had the opportunity to look at each other every counseling session and work through issues. So they got resolved. Like how many marriages, like we just have all of these unresolved issues and like we're living this miserable marriage thinking that that's our life sentence. It doesn't have to be that way. If we learn these tools, not only does it help our marriage, but it helps the way we parent. It helps the way we lead because we, everyone wants to feel heard. Everyone wants to feel valued and validated when they communicate. So that was a game changer for us doing the work. And I just want to, I implore Christian leaders that your marriage and your personal health and your spouse's health and the health of your family is by far more important any day than what the church is doing. I thought church grew when Jimmy and I were on sabbatical for six months <laughs> getting healthy. They didn't need us. God doesn't need us. Yeah. It's his Who do we think we are? Yeah, who do we think we, we are? <laughs> like, and, and if you're a part of a community, right? Like ARC and things of that nature, there are mm-hmm. people who came in and preached, people who spoke into our staff. Jimmy and I do that for so many people. So they can have yeah. a Sunday off to go be with their family, go rest, go do intensive counseling, like invest in your relationship and yourself. And out of the overflow, the church benefits from that. I love this. I love this conversation. Pastor, leader, if you're listening right now, you need to listen. You need to pay attention. You need to ask yourself the hard question. How is my marriage doing really? Not not just what do I think? What does she say, right? Or if you're or if you're the if you're the wife, what does he say? And 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 getting to a place of health. I think this is so important. Um Irene, you talk about the title of the book is Reframe Your Shame. And there's there's a bunch of chapters that are pretty much reframe, reframe, reframe. Uh, frame this, frame that. Can you just talk about the concept of reframing? Unpack that concept and, and why is that important? It's important and it used as a, um, in a lot of therapy. Uh, reframing is just simply a way to look at something from a different angle. So Good. a lot of the time, our perspective is a certain way because of, again, familiar experiences. Mm-hmm. So these beautiful brains that I'm fascinated with that God created we, if you've experienced, um, I don't know, a, a, a boss that is abusive, then you come work for Jimmy and Irene at our church. We're not dealing with, um, you know, the per- the person. We're dealing with right. the baggage from all of the past. Right. Stuff, past. So it's like being able to see that this person's <laughs> behavior towards me is that has nothing to do with me. I can take the personal right. responsibility out of it. And reframe it and look like, God, what do you want me to do in this season of this person's life? Whether they take it or not is not my responsibility. So reframing my interactions with people when they leave my church, when they don't belong to me. What makes me think these people belong to me? They have every right. And I talk about that in the book. Pastors and leaders get hurt too. We feel betrayal from people. We invest our lives. It's personal to us. 
into what we're doing and investing in other people. So when they leave and they don't do it well, it hurts. And, um, you know, just being able to reframe that and say, you know what, God, maybe I was in their life. This hurts, but maybe I was in their life for the watering. Maybe I was there to plant some seeds, but I did my job and the rest is between you and them, God. And just being able to walk in the freedom of that, just from reframing. Um, Yeah. One really quick example, Jimmy reframed Irene's drinking when he started seeing what addiction does, how it had, had that it wasn't me, it was addiction speaking. And he reframed my drinking as I wasn't doing it to him. It was something I couldn't help and couldn't stop. When Mm. I would, um, my reactions to him when I was triggered in our marriage, he stopped Mm -hmm. looking at them. Irene is shutting down, being quiet, not wanting to communicate and connect with him. He started seeing the nine-year-old little girl and saying, you know what? She was hurt when her daddy left. So he knows how to care for that little girl instead of take it personally. So we've reframed every problem we have in our life everything we're shameful about. And we look at it from the perspective of what's real. Let's reality test this thing. What's, what can, how can we think about this thing differently where Romans eight twenty eight can come alive and God can use it. Like yeah. God can use everything, all of it, all of it. Even when we make mistakes in our leadership, Jimmy and I, Jimmy says it like this. I, he's like, he, there were seasons where he just wasn't a good leader. Right. And he can own it. He can say what I'm not because now God's using it for good because he admitted his weakness. Yeah. Now he's helping someone who was hurting and they're getting free by him admitting that that was wrong. Does that make sense? Reframing is is such a powerful tool. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And as you're talking about reframing, I mean, you're talking about I'm looking here at the book and specifically you talk about reframe your story, reframe your recovery reframe your fear, reframe your identity, reframe your dysfunction, reframe your normal. You, you know what Bible verse comes to mind, Irene, when you're talking about that and is Romans 12 two, where it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Like, like be transformed, like the renewing of my mind means I have to renew, I have to reset. I have to renew, I have to reframe, you know, the way I think, the way I, I'm, I'm seeing things. And there's something so powerful about that. I think I think we underestimate God's willingness and power to to help us. And you know what comes to my mind too, Irene. I think you know. I think a some people feel, and some pastors leaders might feel, it's too late for me. I'm too far. I'm too deep in, or I'm too ashamed, or I'm a lost cause. And the other thought is, the other thought is, man, how beautiful it is to deal with it now and not have to carry this for another ten years. You know. Yeah. Can you speak to that? Yeah, you're not alone. There are literally, whoever you are listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, you are not alone. The enemy wants you to make, wants to make you feel like you're alone. Only one dealing with this. You might get fired, disqualified, but let me tell you, that's what he's trying to get you to fear so that you won't reach out, so that you won't get help. Mm -hmm. And here's the deal. The moment you do, his grace comes in. Even if you did transition jobs. How about we reframe that? And we're like, okay, so I get a fresh start and get to rebuild my life doing something else from a different perspective. Like what if we, um, actually took it, took an opportunity to, uh, really look at what we are doing and, um, 
I just, I'm having a total ADHD moment. So I do have ADD. <laughs> and so that, like the thought went and it's not coming back. It's not coming back. What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, well, you're not alone. You're, you're talking about how we're never, we're never alone. Mm -hmm. the, we, have, the, we have the Lord, number one, with the Holy Spirit in us, but we have people that we can lean into, people that can help walk us through this journey. I think, I think. It just came back. Got it. Okay, Come so on. here's the deal. Not only do we need to reach out and punch shame in the face just by speaking it, it loses its power. But yes, it. there are people who will keep it confidential. There are people who will help us walk through recovery. Yeah. Like there are safe spaces to get taken care of. Now, mm -hmm. part two of that is 12 step programs. Can I just help y'all real quick? Y'all listeners. It is <laughs> exactly what you shared earlier. The renewing of the mind. Yes, mm -hmm. the altar experience for our congregation that we call them, we do altar calls and we say, come and experience the freeing power of Jesus Christ. It doesn't end there. We tell them to get right. into small groups, don't we? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we learn in rows and we grow in circles. Don't we say That's that? Right. Well, let's go and practice what we preach. I'm in a 12 step study group with pastor's wives who have hurts, hangups and habits. And it's confidential yep. and it's on Zoom. And we're doing the work to get free. Yeah. We are, you know, naming whatever it is and doing the work to get free. It's, it doesn't have to be a substance. It can be codependency. Like whatever's wrecking your life, like let's deal with it. Yep. Yeah. I love, I love that. Hey, um, you just alluded to the third part of the book, of the, the three parts, the third part of the book, which is do the work and get healthy. Can you, uh, after this, I, I want to share with everybody how they can, you know, connect with you on social media, where they can find the book and all of that. And, and, and also the two equals one, we'll talk about that. But, but before that, before that, um, in part of doing the work, do it for yourself, do it for your family, do it for your ministry or whatever it is that you're leading. Why is this a battle worth fighting? Irene, why is this a battle worth fighting? It's worth fighting because you are worth it. I Come am on. worth it. I am worth the work, my happiness, mm -hmm. my joy, this abundant life that Jesus promises us all, we can all have it. We can have it, but we have to do our part. We do, yeah. there is some work to reframe our shame. There is work to touching painful things and normalizing discomfort in our lives and doing work to retrain our brains. So it's, but once you retrain your brain, right, and you've gotten this muscle, it's like second nature. So I live a free life. When you have nothing to hide, that is true freedom. Like, yep. come on. So I can come on a podcast, mess up, and not care. Have an ADHD moment and not care. You know what come I mean? On, freedom. Because it's freedom. I don't have to hide anything. I can be the best version of myself. And that is being truly obedient to the Father. He wants, he knit us in our mother's womb, literally yep. imprinted us with our identity in our mother's womb. When we came Come out, on. life happens and tries to take away from our expression of our purpose. So let's get it back. Let's get our identity back. And, like, it. and it's going to require some work, get in counseling, get in groups, talk to somebody, reach out for help. Just like you tell everybody in your congregation to do <laughs> It's so worth it. It's so worth I it. I love it. I love it. All right. Here's what we're going to do. I, I want to, I, I want you, 
I want to, I want you to encourage the pants off of all the leaders and pastors in a moment, in a moment. But before that, because there's a lot of people who are feeling hopeless right now and they're feeling, they're feeling like there's no way out. And I, and I really want you to just, just speak life and hope into their lives. But before that, how can people connect with you? You know, social media websites, how, how can people find out more about reframe your shame book and your ministries? So IreneRollins.com, super easy. That's my website. You can, um, there's uh, speaker request things to, uh, you can purchase the books, but you can purchase the book really anywhere where books are sold. I'm in bookstores, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, one click away, right? Super easy. And on social media, Irene Rollins, again, super easy. Uh, for our marriage ministry, it's two equals one spelt out. So two equals one.com. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at, at marriage equation. Um, and we're working on getting it two equals one, but you know how that whole thing goes <laughs> um, with the ownership of names. But we just mm -hmm. launched a podcast. We partnered with Exo Marriage and we have a cinematic podcast that you can listen to on Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff and on Ooh. YouTube. So it's, you can like, it's, it's real, it's raw, it's authentic. And, um, I love it. And the testimonies that have been coming have been amazing. Um, Jimmy follow my husband. He's amazing at I am Jimmy Rollins. And I think that's it. That's cool. What's the name of the podcast? It's two equals one, two equals one. Okay, cool. Hey, Hey, leaders, pastors, everybody. Check out two equals one as well, two equals one.com. Check out IreneRollins.com uh, for your marriage. Two equals one is going to be a blessing. Leaders, pastors, this is well worth the time and investment. The book is Reframe Your Shame, Experience Freedom from What Holds You Back by none other than Pastor Irene Rollins. This is going to be a great blessing to you. And by the way, this might be a good topic and a good theme for a small group. If you lead small groups in your church, in your community, take a look at that. Take a peek at it. Look at two equals one. Irene and Jimmy Rollins are such a blessing. Here's what I want to do, Irene. Just take a, take a minute or two here. There's so many leaders and pastors who feel hopeless, who feel discouraged, who feel down and out, like there's no, no way out. Can you just speak some life and speak some hope into them? Absolutely. I believe 100% that the Lord meant for us to enjoy life and enjoy ministry and what mm -hmm. he has called us to and the fruit of it. And in order for us to do that, it is going to take us facing some hard things within ourselves um, in order to get emotionally healthy so we can help set others free. So we can't go set the captives free until this captive, me, me, myself, and yep. I gets free. So I just want to encourage you to reach out to somebody. You are not alone on the, there is freedom. There is wholeness. There is joy. Like I am telling you, it's real and intimacy mm. with my father, God, that I never had before, before recovery, before admitting my issues, before applying his grace to myself and, um, you know, receiving forgiveness from others, like, and on, on the other side of doing the work, um, yeah, get in counseling. I said it, mm. get in counseling. I can't say it enough. Like the, the, the healer has to take some time to get healed. <laughs> like the shepherd mm -hmm. has to take time to be shepherded. Like get somebody to speak into your life, get into community. You cannot do life alone. You can't do ministry alone. And just as we teach our churches that we need grace for ourselves to be taken care of as well. Um, and I just want to encourage you that you're not alone. You are absolutely not alone. The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. 
So give him an opportunity to use your gifts on a whole nother level, but it's going to require some submission from you and embracing of your humanity. You're not meant to be perfect. Mm. You're not meant Mm -hmm. to have it all together. You're allowed to not be okay. But God, on the other side of the work you're going to do, he wants to help other people. Not saying you're going to get up on a stage like me and share every detail of your life, but you will be a better leader and definitely a better shepherd, husband, wife, parent, friend, by doing the work internally, emotionally, to get free from whatever it is that's holding you back. Love it. Woo! Love it, everybody. I hope you're leaning in right now, leaders. This is good, good, good. Hey, Irene, I just want to mention Avail. Part of our heart Avail is to, to uh, I always say this every podcast episode, is to put practical leadership resources in leaders' hands. So number one, everybody, Reframe Your Shame. That's the book by Irene Rollins. Check it out, irenerollins.com. Also, 2equals1.com for the marriage ministry side of things. We also provide resources at Avail. You can see behind me, I got journals, Avail journals. Uh, By the way, everybody, if you're listening in, leaning in, maybe for the first time here on the Avail podcast, you can claim your free annual subscription. We're going to give one year for free by going to availjournal.com. Irene, I know you believe in this and I believe in this. Putting resources in our hands that help us grow as leaders is important. So uh, I just want to say thank you, Irene. Thank you for uh, for taking this time to lean in with us and talk about your story. Talk about your book, Reframe Your Shame. On behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilburg, the whole Avail family, we just want to say we appreciate you. We honor you and we're thankful for your life. Thank you so much for having me. Such an honor. Hey, everybody, I'm putting my, my little going away music here. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Pastor Irene Rollins. My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical in South Florida, your host right here on Avail, where we talk about the art of leadership on behalf of our Avail team. Pastor Irene Rollins, myself, we love you. Be safe. Let's get stronger in the art of leadership. We'll catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Avail Podcast with our guest, Irene Rollins. You can connect with Irene on Instagram at Irene Rollins and also at IreneRollins.com and 2equals1.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at TheArtOfLeadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of The Avail Journal at AvailJournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit AvailLeadershipConnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.